Welcome back to another episode of Vibe and Cultivate with Maya. Thank you for being here today. Hope you're all doing well. Today I have with me a very special guest. This is Leslie. She is a Latina college student here in Chicago. She's currently a junior and me and Leslie, our current boyfriends, are very close friends. They used to be roommates. And today we're going to be talking about not relationships, but hookups, hookup culture. So everything that was happening before we were in a relationship, really we're just going to be talking about our experiences while in college, dealing with this, um, things we've observed. We're going to be talking about dating apps, Tinder. So let's get into it. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. So, to begin this conversation, um, can you describe hookup culture in three words? Exciting. Okay. Messy. And mysterious. Okay. And then, can you describe relationships in three words? (laughs) In three pages. No. um, (laughs) Let me see. Relationship is work. Uh, patience and listening I feel like if I had to describe hookup culture in three words and this is just off rip I did not really think about this question for me but I feel like hookup culture is erratic it's uncontrollable and also liberating Mm. at the same time and then relationships I feel like there's so many different categories of relationships that you can describe really differently. Definitely. But relationships, as I understand and practice them, openness, it's two words, but active communication, Mm -hmm. and selflessness. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. First year of college... We're, you know, coming into our school, everything is new, everybody's different, you know, nobody really from high school, so how did you, how did you deal with that? Like, the social scope of everything, coming in, unlimited options when it comes to who you can date, like, how did that feel? Well, at first, when I was a freshman in college, I was already in a thing with someone, um, and... I didn't realize that that had stopped oh. when we were in college, um, but then I found out, Okay. and then I was like, okay, you know what, like, I was like in my sad girl moment for like maybe two weeks, and then my roommate, my lovely roommate, um, was like um, in a sorority, um, or she was rushing at the time or whatever, so she made a lot of friends, and she went to a lot of parties, and she brought me with. And so then um, I decided that it was time for me to like, all right, this is it. This is my moment. Like I downloaded Tinder. <laughs> I was introducing myself to other guys. But um, I mean, none of them really like, I never really had um, like first steps with anybody. So like I would download Tinder, but I would think of it as like a game. 
And so whenever I was bored, like, I would just go on it and I would swipe and I would get matches. And obviously they would be like, oh, add me on Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. But like, and I would on Snapchat just, you know, to someone to entertain myself with, basically. Um, And I guess I didn't really, I I was kind of scared at first to like start hooking up with other guys because... um, I had this, like, Catholicism mentality, like, where mm-hmm. um, I just felt so guilty after everything that I did. And so, you know, I dormed my freshman year, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't have a curfew. I don't have <laughs> my parents here. Like, I could do whatever I want. And so I-, I guess I didn't really take that initiative. Like, I knew it, but I didn't really act on it until <laughs> I met... I'm going to call him Esther. And this guy I met, literally, I'm walking back from uh, the gym at my school with my roommate because we were just working out. And I see these two Red Bull workers in the corner. <laughs> Not the Red Bull workers. <laughs> like, the full Red Bull backpack, handing out free Red Bulls or whatever. We walk past them. And they're like, hey, do you want some Red Bulls? And so I turn around and I look back and I see this guy and I'm like, oh my God, he's, he looks so familiar. How do I know him? Mm. And he, we were giving each other the look. Yeah. You know the look. Absolutely. So he was looking at me and I was like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, we get the free fucking Red Bulls. And so we're walking and then I'm like, I return to my roommate and I'm like, I swear I know this guy. Like, I've seen him somewhere. And I turn back around and he's looking at me and he's smirking. And I'm like, where have I seen him? Is it Tinder? Is it Instagram? Because by this point, like, I had Tinder for a minute. So I would just like, you know, swipe left, swipe right, whatever. Dude was quick as fuck. I get a DM and he was like, like hey, I think I saw you today, lol. And I was like, oh my god, like, this is him. And I'm like, okay, he's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 23. Oh, and you were 18. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly, clearly, mm-hmm. I was his type. Oh, and um, so I stalked him on his Instagram, and I was like, uh, oh, he's actually kind of cute. Like, And he's like slick with his words, of course. And so I turned to my roommate, and I'm like, I think he invited me to go get dessert today or tonight. Should I go? And she's like, you go, but, like, share your location with me, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll mm-hmm. make sure you're safe. And she's like, I'm honestly FaceTiming first. And I'm like, okay, you're right, you're right. So then I get his number, and I'm like, can we FaceTime first? And he's like, okay. So we FaceTime. I'm in my fucking dorm. I'm like, oh, my God, like, he's about to answer. And he <laughs> answers. And I'm like, I literally, my phone was up to the ceiling, and I was like, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you mean. So then he's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hi. And then... <laughs> just checking if you're not a creeper. Right. Don't mind me. I'm like, I just want to make sure. I'm like, how do I know you're not going to murder me? Yeah, yeah. I said that. And he's he starts laughing. He's like, why would I murder you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is very... I mean, it's exciting, but it's also kind of scary for, you know, a woman to meet somebody. Yeah. Blah, blah. And he's like, um, okay, well, then how about, like, live? You just meet me by, like, the closest corner or whatever, the closest, like, public street. And I'll pick you up. We'll go out to dessert, and then I'll drive you right back. So I <laughs> tell him to meet me at the corner, um, like close to the corner by my my dorm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I share my location with my roommate. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. And so then I get in. Motherfucker's driving a fucking Audi, okay? Oh. 
And I was like, okay, like this is too much. But then the worst thing happened. I was walking right to the corner and he pulled up with his nice ass car. And then all of my classmates were coming out of a building, <laughs> out of this like 1237, out of that apartment building right. or whatever. And they were like, oh, Leslie, what's up? What's up? What's up? And I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. And then he has his windows tinted, obviously. And no, so obviously. then I'm like, I'm, but the thing is, like, I wanted to. I wanted to appear more, like, grown because sure. since I knew what, how old he was, like, yeah. I didn't want him to think I was, like, childish or whatever, mm-hmm. which I was. They're like, oh, where are you going? And then I stop at this car and I open it and they're like, oh, my God, look at you. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to think I'm a kid. Yeah. But anyway, so I get in or whatever and that was the start of my first hookup in college. Okay. It was definitely weird because my first hookup, like being in college, was with someone who was already grown up. Was that kind of scary for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much because there was just times where, you know, I thought I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like Ubering, you know, to his place. I didn't think that it was going to stop. I thought it was going to grow into something more. Okay. Yeah. But... Then I realized how um, <clears throat> egotistical that man was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was just, I mean, the hookups that we had were good. And it was, like, my first, like, oh, my God, my sneaky link. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so excited. I was like, this is, I finally have one. Like, I thought I was, like, you know, I was part of the, I was, yeah. you know, doing it. I felt, like, included. Yeah. And when everyone was talking about, oh, I hooked up with this guy this week, blah, blah, blah. You could be a part of the conversation. I thought I could be a part of it. Like, yeah. I felt like not being a part of it, I was missing out. Right. Um, But that's not the reason why I wanted to do that with him. But, like, I definitely felt, like, a little bit of complete, like, a mm-hmm. completion. When you come to college and there's this vision of what it means to be a grown-up, especially in a city, and you're like, oh, I, I want this lifestyle that I see on social media and from, like, older people that I know in my community, so I want to be like that. And I feel like we're not really taught how to protect ourselves with that. And if a guy comes up to us and says all these really nice, pretty things, and they're even like, I want to make you comfortable, and I want to listen to you and like I respect you and this and that but it's like a lot of girls because especially like coming from Catholic communities which my family is Catholic as well it's just like overall taboo so it's like just don't talk about it but then you don't have the education exactly of like how do you protect yourself when you are in this situation because most people find themselves in this situation at one point or another yeah and it's like you can't prevent people from like living their lives but you can help them understand like what to do and like Like guidelines exactly yeah and even more than that like how to know when someone's taking advantage of you or yeah i didn't know yeah that was my first time when he said um oh i i can't i can't have sex with condoms like oh my god yeah yeah and that was my first time i was like huh i guess this is like a a man thing i did not know because how would you yeah i didn't know and i was like i mean obviously like that it wasn't like i obviously at one point i agreed Mm -hmm. 
but then I had to stop because I was like, I'm too scared, like, blah, 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 and I am a paranoid bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I think I'm pregnant every other month. Mm. And so that's why I got on birth control because uh-huh. I don't have time to be doing that. But yeah, definitely like I wish I had someone who said like, and over time I learned, but like I wish it was talked about more when we were freshmen. Oh, it's not just about the guys being comfortable. Like who yeah. gives a fuck if they don't like having sex with a condom? Mm-hmm. Like it's about what you feel comfortable with. Yeah, that was my first experience. What about you? you? I don't know. I don't know. I spilled... I got you. I spilled the tea. Now it's your turn. I got you. Um, I wish that someone would have had that conversation with me about how to protect myself. I wish I would have had that talk in high school because Mm. I came from... I went to a public high school for like my last couple years and I played volleyball and all my friends went to public school. Overall, it was really common to like lose your virginity like freshman sophomore year and I think that my like looking back on that I think I grew up way too fast Mm -hmm. but in that environment I felt behind and I felt like I was not moving at the same like speed as my friends around me and I was like oh my god does that make me less feminine does Mm. that make me like socially inferior to people who are like always going out and always hooking up with somebody else but then there's the other like slut shaming side of it right where people talk about you and it's like oh the the cheerleaders do this or like being a volleyball player there were also other stereotypes that came with that and like what you said about that guy who said like oh I don't want to I can't have sex with a condom on. Like, yeah. Like, shit like that was so common in high school. And because we were all so dumb, no one really knew what was true. Yeah. And, like, someone would just say, like, oh, oh, this girl said that, said this about this guy. Or, you know, all rumors, all rumors. Nothing was facts, you know? Right. But that was our only sex education. I started going on birth control because... As an athlete, exercising a lot, it, like, messes up your cycle. Yeah. And so that was a reason why I did it. After that, when I was, when I knew I was coming to Chicago, and, you know, I knew I was making this big move and leaving home, I was like, okay, while I have health care, <laughs> let me, like, make a decision for myself, and I chose to get an IUD. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was 18. Oh, shit. Okay. Exactly. Did it hurt? It was horrible. Oh, my God. So, IUDs, for people who are unfamiliar or don't have one, um, IUDs are an implant that your doctor inserts inside of your uterus. And They open up the cervix, right? Yeah, it contracts so that it can go in. And that's, like, how, like, women give birth, like, when they're cervix. So your uterus has to contract (laughs) for the implant to go in, and nobody told me that because these insurance companies and these doctor's offices, they make a lot of money off of IUDs. So they're going to let the 17 and 18-year-old girls get them if they really want one because they're going to get $1,000 out of it from an insurance company for one IUD. Oh, my God. Yeah. And some of them are even more than that. So... It's it's crazy, but like 
in hindsight, looking back on that, I didn't really have anybody at home telling me what to do or what not to do. So this was really just a decision I made by myself. And looking back on it, I've even recently like talked to doctors and stuff about just birth control and options in general. And we kind of agreed. I was too young to Mm. be making a decision like that. It's not that I think that form of birth control should be like banned from younger people, but I think it's incredibly invasive. Mm. And if you like haven't had a baby before or if you like, I don't fucking know what the parameters would be, but it was just too early is really all I'm saying. And I think that if hookup culture was different and less heavily imposed on young people, I probably wouldn't have made that decision. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. A really common thing that goes along with the conversation of hookup culture is body count Mm. and shit like that. Oh my god. Because there's no there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Like and everybody has their own idea of what what's too much, what's too many. Like and for girls it's like, oh is she a hoe because like she has this this many bodies or like is she approved because, like, she doesn't have this much? Right. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like if you're taking care of yourself, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Literally, who gives a fuck? I'm telling you right now, I literally, the, the, per, the guy that I thought we were, you know, together coming into college, but then later to find out that we weren't, mm-hmm. we had, I, like, we did have sex, but I don't even want to count it. The fact that, mm. and then I was like, oh my god, my body count raised. But I didn't really care about that. Yeah. But then I was thinking to myself, does this count? Because, first of all, I didn't feel shit. Mm. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> and two, it was like 2.5 seconds. Oh my god. So, that's why I'm just like, you don't know. Like, yeah. yes, you added to the body count, but does it count? No. Like, you don't know yeah. anybody's story. You don't know it. You don't know the situations that they were in. I feel like the people that I surround myself with don't care about body count. Yeah. I just hope that people out there don't really, you know, see it as a tally that mm-hmm. they should be scared of. Yeah. Um, especially women, because mm-hmm. women are the ones who get shat on yeah. for their body count more than men, mm. especially in the media. I do feel like there's more visibility about, like, women being judged for their body count. Mm. Men, from what I hear from, like, our friends, like, men also experience those pressures of, like, oh, how many people have you had sex with? Oh, it took you that long to, like, have Mm. your first time? Like, oh, you're, like, less of a man because, like, you know, you came to college and, like, didn't have sex or whatever. Or, like, you're not willing to just go out and have sex with anybody. Like, oh, if you care, like, you're a pussy and this and that. And it's, like... I think because that's such, like, male-on-male talk, like, locker room talk, we don't hear it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it affects men a lot, and I feel like body count should just be abolished, like, can it just not exist? Who cares? I forgot. I don't know. I know, like, I don't even... Whenever I get asked, I'm like, I don't know. Like, what's... What is the good that comes out of it? Like, when I think about that, and honestly hookup culture when I think about like what good comes out of it like something I wanted to talk to you about was like 
is it possible for like people to be single and not be affected by hookup culture or to be single and not partake in hookup culture it is possible to the extent of how much it affects a person Mm. i know a lot of people who don't care about a lot of the things that are normalized within the hookup culture i mean you're obviously going to have people around you especially when you're fresh coming into college Mm -hmm. because everyone's experiencing you know no supervision yeah and co-ed activities Mm -hmm. which you know are exciting um but the thing the pressures that come with you know hookup culture i think are inevitable Mm -hmm. um but it just depends on the person because, yeah. I mean, hookup culture can be fun. I think, like, how much do you think the ego plays into hookup culture? Like, why people choose to hook up with someone or, I don't know, because what keeps kind of flashing through my mind is when people consider this, like, a game and it's like, oh, if I can get with this person then oh i have nothing to prove because i proved like i could could get with someone who's like really hot or whatever like i got with someone who's like of a higher like social status and like so what does that say about me i don't know it's just like really interesting to me how especially for women how we're like objectified if you are a young person around a lot of people all the time in a place like college and you're someone who's attractive or like considered conventionally attractive or whatever or and especially if you're confident like i think people just assume that they can objectify you and they assume mm. that like like all you're good for is sexual sex. yeah yeah and then it's like because i don't know because of like how you dress or how you talk or how you look or like if you put an effort into this or that and I think one of the biggest turnoffs for me for hookup culture was being treated like, I don't even know, like a prize or like being tokenized, mm. especially like racially. And that was just like super uncomfortable for me. I don't know. Have you like experienced stuff like that? I wouldn't necessarily say that my experience was like, a prize, but more mm. of like someone in his back pocket that he always is gonna have. Oh, someone that if he calls, I'm gonna be there. Wow. Um, that was my experience with freshman Esther. Gotcha. Um, I feel like I, I'm in my head too much to think about. Oh, other people are gonna think that I'm this and mm. this because I'm wearing like my leggings, my skirt, my. I feel like I've, I'm proud of myself because I've gotten myself to a point um, where I just don't care about mm-hmm. how I'm going to be perceived. I don't know. It, it's been a long journey trying to not care about what other people think mm-hmm. because I used to do it all the time and it yeah. would be so draining. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to, and I'm not saying that I don't anymore, but I'm just saying when it comes to, you know, image mm-hmm. and and you know college culture and the way that I look in class or the way that I you know hold myself together when I'm walking on campus 
I I don't think about what other people are thinking about me. Yeah. I definitely used to care so much about what people thought all the time, and I would deny it, and I was like, no, of course I don't care, like, I'm just being myself, like, blah, 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 but, like, it was so transparent to me, and looking back, I'm like, I acted this way because I was insecure, like, I did this, or, like, I had some internalized shit that made me act a certain type of way, and I think that's kind of what motivated me to engage some higher level thinking and be like, okay, like, what do I need to work on, like, in myself so that I can not be so attached to, like, how someone might perceive me because ultimately, like, who cares? It doesn't matter because, like, nine times out of ten, they're not really thinking about you that much. Maybe when you walk by, they're like... Either they have a negative or a positive thought, and then bam, they're back into their head. Right. Everybody is going to be in their own head, no matter what. Yeah. I used to swear bitches were thinking, like, <laughs> fuck Leslie, blah, 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 but no, yeah. they're in, everybody has their own shit that they're dealing with. When it comes to other people hooking up with different people, like, you know, they're going to have their own reasons for doing that, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not my place to judge, it's not my place to have an opinion on any and anything that has nothing to do with me. But, you know, it's important to know that, like, when you're going into the hookup culture, there are things that come with it. Right. Good and bad. Yeah. And you, you know, you just have to be prepared for it. Right. When I made a decision to be with somebody, I made sure that I knew what I was getting myself into. Sure. When it comes to, you know, STDs, anything, mm-hmm. like, I, I made sure that anyone that I've ever, you know, slept with, I made sure that they were clean beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that was just my personal thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to hookup culture, like, if you're dating someone, or if you're gonna, you know, mess around with someone who has messed around with other people, yeah, just know that, you know... This may or may not lead anywhere, and it, you just may be one of those people. Or Absolutely. they just may be one of your people, you I know? I think the word that keeps coming in my head is trust. And I think, personally, I was a part of hookup culture for so long that I it was ingrained in me to just not trust people. Because it was always my assumption at a certain point, like... I can't trust people or like even if I hook up with them like that doesn't mean anything like arm's length at all times <laughs> like right. I don't I don't I don't want to like be involved with this person and I was also like super private about everything like yeah. nobody knows who I've like hooked up with in college <laughs> like nobody knows what I've like been doing and that's so intentional like I come from cultures that are also very like private and hush hush so that's probably a huge reason why but like I think, as you're talking about, like, STD testing and stuff, like, I had shit that was just, like, a part of my routine, and I had, like, yeah, these, I don't know, just, like, different mechanisms in place where I knew I wouldn't have to rely on the guy to provide, like, protection, mm. like, I wouldn't have to, and then, like, also having an IUD and stuff, just, like, yeah. I think... It wasn't just, like, taking precautions, it was also partially, like, paranoia. Yes. Of being, like... Mm. I I don't know, like, this sounds so terrible, but, like, having people close to me who were put in a situation where they were mothers at a young age and mm. stuff like that and seeing, like, the struggles that they went through, 
I was like, I can't, like, I'm in college, like, I can't. It's just definitely, like, in, like, you know, POC families. Yeah. My mom, oh, my God. She she used to tell me, like, growing up, like, oh, you're not going to have sex till like, you're 30. And <laughs> I got that, too. <laughs> yes. She's like, no, you're, you're, you're not going to have sex till you're 30. Ugh. But then, you know, like, my brother, on the other hand, is, you know, having the safe sex talk at, right. in high school, right? But anyway. That's for another episode uh-huh. and the differences <laughs> and how, you know, the daughters and the sons are treated. But, mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, she, I think my mom was a, a huge part of why I didn't get into hookup culture that okay. much. Um, because I was just so scared of disappointing her. There was this one time where she, like, she told me, she's like, oh my God, Leslie, like, I had a dream that you were pregnant and I was crying and I'm like mom why why like why are you telling me this like and lord knows I've it's had like in the middle of the day like yeah. nothing's going on and right and I'm just like like it's just I think she's one of the main reasons why I you know decided why before I dipped my toes, you know, in the water for acupuncture, but why I strayed away from it because I was so scared. It, it, it was like having, being in college and having a mom and she wasn't even there. Oh. She was always in the back of my head. Not that I don't love you, ma, te amo mucho, pero it was <laughs> hard coming out of that. Right. And, you know, stepping into womanhood and being like, I'm allowed to do this. Right. Like, I'm not breaking any rules. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I think with my mom, it was more about, like, what you wear. Mm. Oh, my God. Appearances are everything in my family. And I remember, like, when I would be going to church when I was younger, if I wasn't wearing a sweater (laughs) over my (laughs) dress that showed my shoulders. And your medias, your little tights on. I was, and I had, like, the the little Velcro shoes with the white ruffly socks. (laughs) And yes, classic. Yeah, and if I was not completely covered in my like button-up sweater, like I was going to hell. Like it wasn't necessarily that dramatic, but like I think that starts from such a young age and then it carries into like those inner thoughts in yeah, our head. Yeah. And we're like, "Oh my god, if we do this, like yes, this is empowering. Yes, this is cool if like we're going out and we're being college students and we're like having these experiences." then in the back of your head there's your mom and she's yeah. like think about the decisions that you're making right Dude, now I know. <laughs> instead of having like your little your little angel and doll on your shoulder it's my mom yeah. <laughs> it's like oh my goodness yeah um no yeah that was definitely she it's just those if you have like as was she strict on you my mom yeah like growing up were, were, were your parents strict like honestly not really like my parents I think the craziest thing they ever did in terms of, like, surveilling what I do is when I was in high school, before, like, I got involved with, like, activist stuff and, like, did bigger things, they would, I don't know why, but they would Google me. (gasps) I'm not kidding. Like, they would... And I would, like... Like, my my daughter? (laughs) Literally. And it was because, like, I think they just didn't really grasp 
how social media was working at the time. So no way. They were so concerned over like my social media presence. <gasps> really? Yeah. Did your mom have, uh, have Instagram? No, neither of my parents did. And they're not on Facebook either. Currently to this day? Yeah. I mean, they might have an account, but they don't use it. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. No, my mom has Instagram, had it before me. She was, <laughs> she was a hot girl, definitely. Oh my um, god. No, she's definitely a hot girl still, but she definitely added me on everything. That's so funny. Yeah. But, dude, no, my parents are so strict on me. Okay. So strict. So that's why that, that is another reason why yeah. I was afraid to go into the hookup culture. Because yeah. my curfew, oh my god, funniest shit ever, dude. My birthday, my, where was I? It was in high school. My 17th birthday going into uh, senior year of mm -hmm. high school was moved from 10.30 p.m. to 10.45. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And they thought they were changing I'm your life. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can <laughs> I was like, I can stay at the party just a little bit longer, just oh so 10 more God. minutes. Like, dude, no, my, my parents were so protected. Like, I also heard somewhere um, that strict parents make sneaky kids. Oh, yeah. 100%, <laughs> dude. Like, and you teach them how to lie. I'm like a good liar. Yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were trained so well. Yes. But the thing is, my mom knows. Yeah. Every single time I thought I was getting away. And there's some things I think I'm getting away with, but mm -hmm. my, she knows. Yeah. It was up until like last or a year or two ago mm -hmm. where I finally told her that I already lost my virginity. Mm -hmm. I, and I was in college and she asked me, oh, who was it? And this is more of like, you know, she's trying to be more lenient. Like mm -hmm. I'm already uh, moved out of the house. Yeah. She definitely like opened up and was more lenient, but that process in which having to let go of the daughter stuck at home mm -hmm. and getting FOMO every other weekend mm. um it was hard to let that go I mean not hard to let it go but it was it was a weird transition I think going from that like first couple years of college finally getting your freedom no mom like living in the dorms like this is your taste of adulthood going from that it is such a weird transitional period, and I feel like now, at least for me, the way I view what's taboo and what's okay, like, I view it very differently now that I'm in a committed relationship, and I don't have to, like, be like, oh my god, am I safe in yes. this situation? Like, that, I, that I know I'm good, you know? stress reliever. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Okay, yeah. but let's get into that. Absolutely. So, Leslie, transitioning from being single experimenting living life like all that into being in a committed relationship what was that transition like for you what were some hesitations you may have had or things you were excited about go on <laughs> well my boyfriend right now I did not think was going to be my boyfriend when okay. we first met Okay, so I saw him on Tinder. Let's get let's get into it. I saw him on Tinder, right? And then I didn't swipe right because he was on my top 10 daily picks. And at the time, I didn't know how to work that. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, so on Tinder, you have, like, at the top, there's, like, a top 10 daily picks, which is, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just 10 random guys okay. that, like, I don't know. So it's, like, your top 10 daily picks or whatever. And he was okay. on there. And I was, like, oh, my God. 
that's, you know, your boyfriend's roommate. Yeah. And your boyfriend and I were in the class together and we're really good friends at the time. So I was like, you know, kept teasing him about it. I'm like, oh, like, I saw your roommate, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and of course, he tells. They talk. Yeah. Yeah. They're best friends, so they know everything. <laughs> so flash forward, like, you know, we're, you know, hooking up or whatever. Uh, but before we did, I definitely was like, oh, I'm not. I'm not having sex this evening, so I know that you're clean because I know you're a hoe. No. Mm-hmm. In a, you know, in the best way. Like, yeah, I know in a loving way. Yeah. In a loving way. Like, <laughs> at the time, I wasn't messing around with anybody or whatever, and I know that he was messing around with people, which mm-hmm. was fine, but I'm like, I need to make sure for my sanity that you're all good, and then we can get down to it. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, like, perfectly reasonable. And so then after that happened, I think it was, like, maybe three weeks. Oh, no, it was three weeks into messing around, right? And we're on his bed, on his twin-size bed. Gotta love the dorms. <laughs> yes. And we just finished hooking up or whatever, and he's like, hey, I have a question. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he goes, do you want to be my girlfriend? <gasps> and I said, no. Okay. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. Yes. And I was like, no, dude, like, I'm so sorry, but, like, <laughs> I don't want to be your girl. I felt, like, so rude. Uh, oh, my God, I'm like, at this point, I was just, you know, like, getting out of that, you know, Esther. I was just getting right, out of that. Right, yeah. And I was like, fuck, man, I'm not trying to be with anybody. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I was like, look, like, we could, I'm down to, like, you know, start up, like, a thing maybe but like I am not ready to be in a committed relationship right now right and he's like okay like I respect that it got to the point where you know I was just messing with him and that turned into hanging out and then that turned into like us becoming like best friends I was just so scared and I thought the only way that I could protect myself is to make sure I didn't have any relationships like I wanted to be in control I thought myself a routine was in order I didn't know Virgos love their routines. Mm-hmm. So I, I had one. There's like that fear of losing it if you let someone else in. Yeah. And right. the fear of, like honestly, the fear of not caring if you lose it. Oh. That's what I was scared of. I was not scared of necessarily losing it, but like. Having your priorities change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um. so we got into a relationship. It honestly felt like nothing different because what we were doing for a year was basically that okay um with the ups and downs of course but Mm -hmm. i think a huge relief was knowing that we weren't messing around with other people Mm -hmm. and so sexually that gave me relief because i'm like okay like i'm good on that part it definitely took a um a while Mm -hmm. um for me to even you know be open to it yeah, and to stop lying to myself, you know, being like, um, oh, I don't run a relationship, blah, 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 but, like, I was already in one. Yeah. So. So what changed? Like, what made you be like, okay, I'm fine with, like, committing to this? We had a conversation about, he basically told me that he kind of put it straight up and was like, what we're doing is a relationship. Nothing. Yeah. He gave me reassurance, and he said that nothing is going to change. Nothing mm-hmm. that you don't want to change will change. 
And he, um, he's like, if you don't want the title, that's fine. But I just feel like we could take this to another step. So you were kind of like in the driver's seat. A mm-hmm. bit. Like he was waiting for you to be ready. Yeah. Okay. From the girl three weeks. <laughs> three weeks, he, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And I was like, was, okay, Leslie. Like, that loco, he's fucking crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was flattering because... He knew before I did sure. that he wanted to be with me like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see how that would be reassuring yeah. to be like, okay, I know he's into me. Like, it's not a question yeah. of like, do I do I need to, I don't know if you ever viewed it like this, but like, do I need to perform in order to like get yeah, him to like me? Because exactly. I think so many girls feel that way. Uh-huh. And so many guys as well. Like, I need to prove that I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. And if I haven't proven that I'm good enough, then they wouldn't want to be with me. But like, you already knew yeah. that like that was where he was at. Right. And it may not be true to everybody, but definitely for um, a lot of people, the first time you get your heart broken, in a good or, in a good or a bad way, it's going to be how you're gonna navigate your next relationship mm-hmm. and mine was a bad way yeah it was affecting me but i mean i didn't even stop to think about how it was affecting him i mean if roles were oh, reversed right, right, right. and i was like hey do you want to be my boyfriend and he's like nah nah like i'm not mm-hmm. trying to be in a relationship right now i'd be like heartbroken <laughs> yeah i'd be like what do you like what do you mean like mm-hmm. i thought you liked me i thought we liked these like because if roles were reversed i definitely would have left if he was like, no, I'm not ready for it. I don't want the title on the relationship. I'd have been like, okay, if you don't want me, then bye. But well, the thing is, he stuck around with me. Yeah. When I didn't know that I, he... When you weren't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Right. What I've learned from talking to my boyfriend about this topic is that guys, although they play it cool, they have this really big fear of being played and have, like this like looming fear that hookup culture is just a game to girls and that like we're kind of just here to like get a laugh out of them or to to prove that like oh we just want to prove that like we can get them or whatever not specifically talking about like our boyfriends but like in general like when they think about hookup culture and I think it's just like an unspoken thing like they have this fear that like they're being like taken advantage of but they don't say anything and I think that's really cool what you said about how he just what it sounds like is he just trusted you like he trusted that you just needed time Mm -hmm. to process what you had been through and how that had nothing to do with him and being able to separate that because not that many people can that was the first yeah sign of love that he's ever showed me that I Mm -hmm. found out way later and then not even, like, to bring up a huge, a whole other topic, but, like, the way, you know, our parents' mm-hmm. love is... Oh, my God. A huge... That is a huge factor. Yeah. One, your first heartbreak, and two, how are, you, how are your parents or yeah. guardians, how do they love? What is their yeah. relationship like? Because that is how you're going to view relationships. And yeah. that's how. And unlearning it is so hard. My mom has told me a little bit about, like, her dating life before my dad. And, like, my parents are still together. And they've been married for, like, 30-something years. And, like, it's so funny to, like, hear about, like, my mom's life when she was, like, 21. Yeah, I feel like, should I be hearing this? Like, Oh, my God. Like, so now that you brought this up, like, my mom 
gave me her travel journal a couple years ago. Oh my goodness. Oh Wait, like my her God. diary and everything? Yeah. It's like this little red hardbound book that says like my travels or something on oh it. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And it's from like the 80s. And my mom wrote in it when she moved to the United States. And when she went to college for the first time, because she's from Guam, mm -hmm. and she moved here away from her family, so homesick, you know, going through all these different emotions, and she writes about, like, these guys that, like, she dated and that she encountered. Oh, my God. And I vividly remember, like, reading this one part <laughs> that was about, not me exposing my mom. Right. <laughs> but I feel like the cameras. <laughs> if she was here right now, she'd be like... Okay, and this is the story. <laughs> like she, she's like that. But basically, she was like talking to this guy at the same time that she met my dad. And she was basically talking about her like internal struggle of if she was going to like leave this dude behind to go be with my dad. And she was like, oh I like this guy because of this reason. But, you know, this new guy just came into my life. And I don't know. Like, I'm just feeling all these different things. And I was just like... My mom, as a person, like my mom, like experiencing these emotions. I my know. My mom was a hot girl. Ah, oh my god, she literally was. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what all her siblings say. Like when they talk oh about my her. Gosh, in dude, that's high amazing. Yeah. I love that. I wish my mom had a diary too. Hey, maybe she does, and she just hasn't told right? you. Right? <laughs> Let me go text her right now. Like, oh my god. <laughs> what I was always looking for that I truly knew I could never get out of like hookups and like fleeting people who were not sticking around or who I didn't want to stick around was like the friendship and bond that you get out of an intimate relationship with someone mm -hmm. not just intimate but like full-on committed you two partnership because I think, like, other forms of relationships where you're not monogamous, where you're polyamorous, or whatever, or you just have, like, a really cool connection, it's not the same as having someone who's just, like, your partner. Yeah. Who's, like, always there for you and is, yeah. like, healing with you. Mm -hmm. And going through, like, your past traumas and, like, having someone to talk to you about that. It's just, like, so different. Um, but I'm fortunate that I was able to see that type of connection in my parents. Because, like, they have that, like, best friend bond. Mm, okay. Where they're just, like, so attuned to each other. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm kind of grateful yeah. that I got to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. So, being in a relationship in mm -hmm. college, are we too young? Oh. Um, okay, okay. Having, not saying, like, you know, too young to be in a relationship, but to have... I guess, an idea of what your future is going to look like mm -hmm. with someone else. Mm -hmm. Are we too young to do that? We're not trying to, you know, split up with our partners. Uh-huh. But it's like... We're also at such an important transitional time in our lives. And we're so young. Yeah. And so... I don't know. I, I've explained this to my boyfriend. Not always, but I'm terrified of the future. That's one of my mm -hmm. fears. And I know I should be excited because, you know, it's not always going to be something scary, but it's something, you know, exciting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just having a partner means having someone that you're going to grow with. True. And you're not always going to grow on the same path. Yeah. 
that's like a huge fear that like I thought that oh I'm gonna get too attached to this person Mm -hmm. that if there's any opportunity job opportunity that like takes him somewhere or takes me somewhere Mm -hmm. like I can't that just like poses the question like are we too young I mean is this something that is brought upon like you know while communicating having conversations like this with your boy because I definitely did have it with him okay and I said, if we're going to be in a relationship, like, I want you to know that if I ever, or if you ever, have an opportunity, you're not going to say no because of me. Mm. Or I'm not going to say no because of you. Yeah. But what do you think, like? I, not to be cliche, but everyone's situation is different. And everyone has so many different external factors that none of us can control. But at the end of the day, it does come down to choice. And it's like the decisions you make together and as individuals. And sometimes people do unexpected things. You're like, oh my god, I thought they were going to stay. But they ended up, you know, wanting to take this job in Connecticut. And like, what's happening? But the big word for this is sacrifice for me. I was somebody who I was like, I'm a career person. Yeah, I'm going to do every fucking thing I want to do and no one's going to stand in my way. Exactly. And then I met my boyfriend and I was like, wait, (laughs) I don't know. Pause. Like, not not really. You know, like, I still... No, I mean, clearly not. I I would not expect you to be the type to, like, turn down anything. Yeah. Even no matter how much love, like, adults say to people in college, like, just have fun. Don't take everything seriously. Like, just have fun in college. I, Don't. I get it. I get it. But it's like, I also think sometimes people are projecting a little bit when they say that. And sometimes they are truly looking out for you and they're like, no, don't like, don't limit yourself. Don't this and that. But it's like, just because you're in a relationship doesn't always mean that you're limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your learning experience is the relationship. I would say like, take advice from the people you trust and take advice from people who truly have your best interest at heart. Yeah. But you also don't have to take all of it. And I think at the end of the day, we know what we need and we know what we're willing to sacrifice. Right. And the way that my mindset changed when I met my boyfriend and started to see a future with him was I was way more open to sacrifice. And not in the sense where I'm like, if I get this opportunity, I have to turn it down because I need to be... It's not really like that. It was more mutual Mm -hmm. because we've had a lot of these conversations because we're both kind of going into fields that are like pretty volatile and like you don't know where you're going to be and like he's an actor so he Mm -hmm. could be shooting in LA, he could be shooting in New York or he could be in a play here and it's like neither of us has control over that but it's also like can't hold that against people really Mm -hmm. and I think it was one of those things where like at this point in our lives we know that like we are each other's support system more than family honestly like in our case at the end of the day like we have each other I would be willing to make sacrifices for him because we have made that commitment Mm -hmm. like I don't remember where I heard this from but it was about like committed partnerships versus like just like romantic love when you make a commitment to be with someone and you're like this is my partner like I'm not trying to be with anybody else like then you make the commitment to work through the hard stuff Mm -hmm. and like when you have 
a challenging moment or a really big argument or you're like or you just straight up like want to leave you know and you're just like really really questioning things like you make the commitment to step out of the the reactiveness of it and like the ego stuff of like oh I need to be right I need to win the argument I need him to apologize I need this and that and just being like wait a minute like is this supporting the long-term vision is it helpful yeah if it's not helpful fucking forget about it yeah and just like don't don't give energy to something that isn't even worth talking about or if like you already said your piece then you said your piece let things like settle and then move on I feel like we still have yet to experience so much of our lives like we don't know what decisions we'll make if something comes up because things haven't come up yet you know Mm -hmm. but either way it's like you just have to trust your gut and if you're like no I really I really want to be with this person for a really long time I want to make this work then like you try to make work yeah but if you're like honestly my my well-being my success is contingent on me making these decisions for myself then you handle it that way you know yeah yeah when you're in a relationship like well personally a lot of these things come up and you know when you're about to enter into real adulthood it could be difficult knowing that like there's a lot of decisions that you're gonna have to make yeah you can't really ask anybody yeah because at the end of the day no matter if you're like married divorced single whatever it is like you're responsible for yourself we both know as individuals like we know what we're capable of and we know what we want to do and it's just a matter of like being with people that support that yeah and understand what really like saves people saves relationships and friendships is communication Mm -hmm. and being really honest and honest like to a point where like even if it's painful and even if it's like so uncomfortable just still being honest and being like although this is really hard for me to talk about like i want to share with you like my fears about this yeah and like i'm really apprehensive about this because like i'm stressed about like these factors and like with my career going in this direction having this opportunity i just feel like i'm you know being pulled in different directions or like i have so many priorities to juggle right now and i've found that by being transparent about those things usually like my partner knows what to say even if it's just oh i understand like take your time with things like don't feel don't feel pressured to see me all the time or to go out on like the weekends if you really don't have the time like and i think that comes from an understanding that like that's temporary and it's not saying like i'm gonna be busy for the rest of my life and i'm never gonna be available to you it's they're just like patient you know yeah I was going to say, I wish there was, like, a guideline. I mean, there are, like, <laughs> self-help books, but... Who know, knows if those are right? <laughs> none that's going to help you in your situation. I was a huge rule follower. You know, I used to say that, like, I wish I had someone telling me what to do. Like, mm. I wish someone could make my decisions for me, especially yeah. when I took the leave of absence from right. school. You know, I did a show at Steppenwolf Theater. Mm-hmm. Great opportunity for my career. Mm-hmm. Wasn't going to be in school. Wasn't going to graduate with my friends. Yeah. Or my friends from back home. And I told my mom, like, I wish, like, someone could just make this decision for me. When big decisions are thrown at me, 
I think about the list of people in my head that I trust. Who can I like? Who can I talk to that will tell mm -hmm. me what to do? No, you gotta trust decision. yourself. I know it's my decision. It's Just tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being in a relationship, you have someone to, to you know, mm -hmm. to run your decisions by. And then sometimes, you know, all of them, they're not always going to be there. Right. And I don't want to get used to that. Hmm. That's why a lot of the big decisions that I have to make, I, I either will not tell him or I'll tell him after because okay. I don't want to get used to that. Mm. I don't want to get used to, you know, like, oh, what should I do? Should I do this? Or should I? I'm not talking, right. I'm talking about big decisions, not like, you know, little ones, like where should we go eat or whatever. I try to make sure that I tell him either not, like, after or never. And you found that, like, that's what gives you peace of mind and that's what makes you feel better about it yeah because there's a lot of people in my life and i'm not even talking guys mm -hmm. i'm talking friends mm -hmm. that i thought were gonna be there mm. forever and mm. they're not i learned how to detach mm -hmm. quickly say an inconvenience happens in my relationship i'm like well should we break up <laughs> And that's the detachment yeah. in me because I'm like, well, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, and let me be, in, let me be, let me be in yeah. control of it. And it's not healthy. Yeah, because, but it's it's a but it's like a it's like a um, it's a way of protecting yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. like a safety blanket. From like a psychological perspective, that's not a bad thing, because that's your body and your brain telling you like, oh, I need to protect myself from something, and even if it's harmless. It's still a good instinct to have to not just, like, dive into something that would hurt you, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, it comes from a good place. It's just a matter of, like, learning how to manage it and control it a yeah. little bit. Mm -hmm, definitely. We weren't good listeners mm. in the beginning. Um, but now we are, and I... I'm st I feel like I'm still going to have my safety net up, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been together for a year now. Mm -hmm. I trust him. I, you know, I, I love him, but there are certain things that, you know, I'm sure he has some too, but there are certain things where I need for my protection and sure. for my sanity. I mean, um, those are your boundaries. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Juicy. Yeah. We covered so much, and I feel like more conversations like this would be so helpful for younger girls getting into situations. I just remember how it was, you know, when you're, like, meeting someone freshman year, and it's, like, one of the first couple people you're interested in, and you're like, oh my god, like, this is the best person ever. I want a relationship with them. First, check in with yourself, even when you're in a relationship, like, check in with yourself, and make sure you're respected, and make sure you feel safe. And I still believe that, like, having that time to be with yourself and be in solitude, even when you're in a relationship, like, giving yourself that alone time to think and, like, make decisions. I need that for, like, my survival. Like, I need exactly. that time, you know? Yeah. Because as much as, like, we may love our partners, it's, like, at the end of the day, we are our own person. Mm. Like, that is self-trust right there. Like, yeah. knowing that you can make a decision for yourself, for your well-being, and if that challenges a relationship or compromises a relationship, it's like knowing that you can still go to that person and talk to them about it and mm -hmm. not be judged. Right. And, you know, have that, like, safe space in another person. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, <laughs> Leslie. You. This was amazing. I know. It was so much fun. If you like this episode, please feel free to check out all the other episodes from Season 2 and Season 1 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, Zelle, PayPal, Venmo, through uh, my personal website, which is just my name, mayatorsini.com. Hey. And also through my link tree and my Instagram or DM me, whatever you need. If you have questions, suggestions, these are always welcome. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.